Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. G'day, Lewis. How are you? Uh, <laughs> great, Dan. So good. The tanks are on the streets, Daniel. <laughs> yes, yes. We were talking a bit about that a little bit later on. I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't mm. wait for the tanks to roll past my house in Bondi, though. I doubt it. We have a Patreon, Lewis, and um, I tell you what I want. Mm. I, I would love a few more Patreon people to join us um, because mm. uh, I don't know how you feel about this, Lewis. I want to hire an assistant. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. Could, I, I, I mean, I know I've said this before, but have you considered paying me at any point? No, no. I would never pay you. <laughs> I already pay you, mate. It's called the ABC. I pay you fucking uh, four cents a day. So, well, yeah. I'd like five cents a day. Let's haggle. <laughs> so, please, if you are listening to this and you've been a long-time supporter, uh, we absolutely need a few more uh, dollars in our Patreon. Head to patreon.com forward slash irrational fear so we can hire an assistant. Um, mm. That's going to cost a couple hundred bucks a week. So, please, get us up, get chip in so we can um, make this um, a little what, bit easier. What sort of tasks can they be expected to do, Daniel? I, I've written out a whole list. I've got a list of from graphic design to publishing to putting the videos right. on the internet to getting the web getting the website sorted. There's a whole bunch of things that I need uh, a production assistant for. So please, patreon.com forward slash irrational I, I was just thinking of applying just to see if I could, um, you know, try to make a scratch out of this podcast. <laughs> you could. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity employer, uh, so I'm happy to, happy to get any kind of sex pest as my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording Irrational Fear on Gadigal land in the Yoran Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra Fair Dickum, and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. 
Tonight, in the Ben Robert Smith defamation case, Ben Robert Smith launches another stunning attack on the character of Ben Robert Smith. And the New South Wales government is allowing singles in Sydney to nominate a friend to visit their homes in lockdown in what they're calling a singles bubble, which is a much better name than the original menage a deux. And anti-vaxxers learned that the true meaning of protests is the virus you spread along the way. It's the 30th of July 2021, and I have hope you've applied for your Perite pesos. This is Irrational Fear. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former Mayor of East Town, Dan Illich. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's one of Australia's most loved comedians who is definitely now a serious actor. From the internet and the FX series Mr. Inbetween, it's Natalie Tran. Hello, what a generous intro. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> what, what is it like being a serious actor now? Um, it's very serious and it's very successful and it's, it's, it is. it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. I would like you to talk more about the craft, if you could, and also the work, <laughs> the work and the craft. That's another podcast, Lewis. And next, <laughs> our next beer monger has written for Dolly, Cleo, Bride-to-Be, Vogue, Woman's Day, Elle, Girlfriend Magazine. They haven't shattered the glass ceiling. No, they've polished the glass floor. It's David Smead. Hey, thank you for having me. Welcome to the sealed section. <laughs> <laughs> and our final fearmonger has a moustache of a sex pest but a heart of gold. It's Lewis Hobber. Thank you. The dream, obviously, is to eventually get a moustache of gold, but, uh, <laughs> you know, until I start making some money somehow, I guess I won't be able to afford it. <laughs> well, well, chip into the Patreon forward slash Irrational Fear and we can get Lewis as a stretch goal, I think, a moustache of gold. <laughs> Coming up, um, we are going to be interviewing the one and only Alan Jones. Uh, Believe it or not, yes, he has been dumped from News Corp papers, so we'll talk to him. But first, here is a message from this week's sponsor. Irrational Fear is sponsored by the National Vaccine Rollout. Already 13% of adults have been vaccinated in just one year. At this rate, we'll be ready to open up to the world just in time for the Brisbane Olympics. The National Vaccine Rollout. Good things come to those who wait or live in another country. Yes, this week's first fear. The army has been called to help New South Wales battle COVID-19. Oh, my God. Fear mongers. Isn't this what the QAnon people want to happen? (laughs) I think if people are going to protest and act like their freedom has been taken away from them, I want to see their freedom be taken away from them. I want it to be justified. And to be honest with you, I don't know if you guys how you felt, but when I see people break, I mean, I think I would be full-on dictator. I'm for it. Go crazy. Do it. (laughs) Natalie Tran, the People's Premier. 100%. Uh, (laughs) I'd be up for the full cast of the village people, to be honest. I want the the Navy. I want want them all. Mm -hmm. I want them to lock up the bastards and at the end do YMCA. And that'll be be a people's (laughs) movement I can get behind. I was going to say, it is strange because certainly like none of the cases in New South Wales have really been from people on the streets until the protest. So it's not like they're they're reeling in the mm-hmm. tanks so that you can stop people from going to a bookshop. It's like <laughs> clearly directed at those like few thousand idiots, yeah. which just feels like even though we're all angry at them, 
It feels like such a fucking overreach, it, as usual. It really does. Four days ago, Deputy Commissioner Gary Warboys said that there, there, there's no chance that the military would be called upon. Now, that just proves two things. You can't trust cops and you can't trust a guy called Gary who spells his name with two R's. Two R's is shifty, Gary. Well, shifty. And, and, and he's also, you know, he's coming up against his mortal enemy, uh, Gary Braboys. So you have to be careful about those guys, you know. They've got a reputation, the Braboys. It's like if you live in New South Wales and you're like, you know my problem with this? It's not enough of a police state. Like could we just could mm. we just add one more level of insane heavy-handedness? That would be a delight. That's certainly what I've been missing since the lockdown for ended. <laughs> what? Well, just to play devil's advocate. Sure. <laughs> because I am a dictator. <laughs> I had a I had a look over things and I saw that the fine was increased I think from 200 and something up to 500 is that correct as part of this whole like uh, thing and I had a look at what other fines were and I had a look and you can apparently get fined about $344 for fat arming which is when you leave your arm hanging out of a car window what? when you're driving really? if you're pulled yeah, yeah yeah if you're pulled over um and you're driving a vehicle and it's considered that you're not in control and this can also include wearing thongs when you drive that can be 457 dollars. so in the grand scheme of things i don't think it's that bad <laughs> if that makes sense like you know but you could yeah. you know it's not that bad. i think you have to take things into Consider you know you have to put things in context. Yes, yeah, spreading a a deadly disease around to the rest of Australia is only worth about driving a car with thongs when, when you put on Or fat arming, which is a phrase I'll be taking away from this podcast with joy in my heart, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> well, may I ask? And obviously, no one here wants to rat out anyone. But does anyone here know someone who is pushing the rules to the limit? Or does anyone here know anyone who is breaking the rules? Only people I see on Twitter who are um, who are taking photos and putting it on on Twitter, going, "Look at these people at the beach, evenly distanced apart. They're terrible." I'm just curious. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Obviously, I don't. I, I think it's an overreaction. Um, but I am curious to see what reactions need to happen for people to stop because the numbers are going up. And yeah. I think if people really genuinely feel that this lockdown is so terrible, and let's face it, in Sydney we've had a wonderful ride compared to the rest of the world. Uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, we've had protesters come out as Mm. though it's the end of the world. I do want to see what they need to feel scared or to feel like to take this seriously. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I think it's so... I think, you know, the, the mixed communications from the government had just had, didn't help. I think the mm. failure of the federal government to secure those vaccines and do a proper rollout from you know, 18 months ago absolutely didn't help. And that is just true. What we're seeing now is a true testament to the failure of the federal government for actually delivering something that they should have been on. The, we're talking about a federal government who, when <laughs> this fucking thing started, developed a board of people with fossil fuel executives on it and they decided mm. the solution to COVID-19 was to build a fucking gas pipeline. Sorry, yeah, I just want to get yeah, that out yeah. again. Yeah, I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I do yes. think, obviously, I know I've talked about this on a um, previous Irrational Fear, but I do think if we are going to use the army and it is going to, the army is going to be our solution to getting rid of, you know, this COVID situation, what it needs to be is every able-bodied man or woman who can hold a gun 100% like the hunter with Jumanji 100% with just, just, just AstraZeneca in each one just walking yeah. through that protest and just like doom 
Doom, doom, you know, knock them down. Trank gun, trank gun every single one of them. Yeah. That's what I mean. Bring it on, man. Let's see it. Mm. I want to see the world go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I am looking forward to the army marching into Bondi and trying to tell them apart from the personal trainers who also wear a lot of camo. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's important. I, I kind of... Don't mind this idea. Like imagine Anzac Day in a few years at the at the parade. Yeah, in this medal, I got in the Battle of Punch Bowl. I still get tremendous PTSD every time I drive past a muffin break. I just want to stick a probe up someone's nose. Uh, and you know, we say we say every Anzac Day at the going down of the sun, lest we forget to order enough vaccines. <laughs> oh, it's all terrible. What a what a horrible mess. <laughs> That's like the end of every segment on this podcast. Oh, it's all terrible. <laughs> well, no, I just realised I just realized this cuts to me sounding like I condone army rollout and it's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just an absolute mess. Unfortunately, that's um, you're on the record now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and can I say, Nat, welcome to Irrational Fear. <laughs> Irrational Fear. A police horse cops a clenched fist to the face amid fiery anti-lockdown protests. <laughs> There are false charges. They have no proof. And they're saying that I've hit uh, a horse, which I haven't done. A rational fear. Our second fear for tonight. David Smead, you have a concern that Channel 7 is relentlessly mining the Olympic medalists for, for tragedy. <laughs> it is annoying. They've gone from fear-mongering to tear-mongering. <laughs> so it, this mean? should be the moment of someone's some young athlete's life they've trained four years or longer in many cases they've beaten someone by hundredths of a second they're standing there with gold radiating from their chests and the first question is how do you think your nana would feel remember your nana who died 18 <laughs> months ago from brain cancer how would she feel about this why can't they just have their moments of joy? Why can't we just have that moment of joy in the, in, in the current climate? It's really starting to shit me. I think, it's, yeah, it's fair enough. Like, I think it's like if you're a good commentator, I feel like you want to build that narrative in the lead up. You know, you want to be like, and it's obviously incredible. They train every day. Plus, of course, she lost her nana last year. Um, it's been a really tough year, of course, with the COVID and then a lot of different things. And then when they win, just shut the fuck up. It's like at the end of like Rocky 2 when, when Rocky wins, they didn't go up to Rocky and were like, your wife nearly left you. How did that feel? You know, like we got that in the lead up. That was the first two films so that at the end we could just enjoy that he finally won. Absolutely. You, you've, if, you're, if the writing is strong enough, as you say, you've created a beautiful narrative with a, with a, with a per, perfect climax to it. It's just like someone walking out of an, uh, uh, a movie picking holes in the continuity. <laughs> Dave, I think you're absolutely right. And, Lewis, you are too. I think the narrative is very important. And you, it, one thing you learn with narrative writing is that you don't want to go too too big too early, And which makes me think, what are these commentators going to say when they have to commentate the Paralympics next week? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. How, the, you know, and, and the, 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 the condescension, that should be an event in itself. How, how are you... How are you going to roll that into that? I was watching the the surfing, the first, um, well, the, I watched pretty much all the surfing in the first few days of the Olympics. And Owen Wright, who's the Australian surfer, in, absolute legend, incredible surfer. And his big story is that he suffered a really bad brain injury when he was surfing in 2015, never thought he'd surf again, had to basically teach himself to walk wow. again. Mm. And then like a few years later had 
was winning, like his first competition back in Australia, won. And it was one of the greatest moments in sporting, my sporting life, life yeah, as amazing. a viewer. Wow. And obviously when you, like the amount, when I was watching him in his first heat, took him about 20 seconds. And they're like, of course, he's recovering from the brain injury in 2015. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, all right, got that. But then it was like five times a heat. And then it got to the final, and honestly, they didn't even talk about the surfing. They're just like, remember the brain injury. <laughs> like, it was six years ago. Like, we've covered it. It's been covered. I told you, give me a little, an, an amuse bouche of tragedy. I'm fine with that. <laughs> with my little palate. But then just give me seven courses of glory after that. That's what I'm watching for. Mm. <laughs> Natalie, do you think people, do you think the commentators are going too far with mining tragedy? Oh guys, I haven't watched. A, I haven't watched any of the Olympics. <laughs> I, watched, I mean, Natalie, the dictator, thinks they haven't gone far enough. An interesting point. I don't believe in flags. No, um, I watched the open. I, I watched the opening ceremony, and that that was about it. You thought they weren't marching in time? Like, Get it together! I was like, it's not sad enough. It's not sad enough. So, Can I get a goose yeah. step? I, I'm, I'm. I've watched the highlights. I'm so sorry. I'm just not a. I got it. Yeah, I should watch it. I was watching the opening ceremony too, and I, I, uh, I was just wondering, did, did you see all that all that tap stuff? I was like, we had tap stuff in our opening ceremony. I was like, so, this is so derivative, so, so derivative of of Sydney two thousand. It's so good, and like I really, I was watching it, and I thought, oh, is tap dancing a Japanese? Did I not? know that it was a, tied to Japan and then my dad called me the next day and he said, I didn't know tap dancing was Japanese. I was like, I think it is, Dad. I think it's just something that they've done. You're like, no, Dad, it was invented in Newcastle with the tap <laughs> dogs. That sounds right. Doesn't that sound right? Like, does that sound exactly right? I, I texted one of the uh, tap dogs during the ceremony and I did text him. I said, this is very derivative. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, though, on the subject of the Olympics, that, that I do want to, I think Kaylee McCown deserves to be a national hero. I've got that. I've got the exact same reason for that. Let me, let me play the video right here. Here we go. What would you like to say to your mum and your sister for now? Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! If she, if she is not on a postage stamp by the end of this week, I'll be writing a very stern letter. <laughs> I think I think when you win a gold medal, fuck yeah, is totally appropriate and should be broadcastable. And now our swimming team has both an F-bomb and a C-bomb, which is pretty bloody amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, when you did, like, broadcaster training at Triple J, did you learn about, like, hard fucks and soft fucks? Like, you know... Well, obviously, Dan, they don't train you at Triple J. <laughs> they, oh, right, right. Um, they just, yeah, they just let you go and um, set the wolves upon you. Uh, but you do, we do have this thing that, well, it's funny because, yes, we were told about hard fucks and soft fucks, but that's in like, it, it, it's this ephemeral thing where, particularly with songs, there'll be songs that are like, fuck you, I fucking hope you die. And that is categorized as a hard, hard fuck. fuck. Where if it's like, I fucking love you. It sort of gets considered a soft fuck. <laughs> a few years into me working there, we had like a training day with someone whose job it is to like like an editorial policies person or whatever. And we said to them very stern and very like, well, obviously there's the hard fuck and the soft fuck. And, th- and they're like, that's all bullshit. That's not real. I don't who's been telling you that. And we're like, we've been, that's how we've been operating for 40 years. And they're like, no, that doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a soft fuck. And we're like, oh, well. Uh, well, oh. Okay. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> but this guy comes in. 
This guy comes into the office every day and tells us about hard bucks and soft bucks. Yeah. yeah. It's like I brought it home to my relationship, you know. It's, it's a guy from the swearing lobby party who's been going around <laughs> lobbying for hard bucks and soft bucks. It's like, hey, guys, I reckon I'm the, the swearing freedom lobby. I'm just letting you guys know you can totally say it. It's a hard fuck or a soft fuck. Don't worry about it. I was going to play Kaylee one more time. Here's Kaylee one more time. Irrational fear. What would you like to say to your mum and your sister for now? Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> a rational fear. Uh, this week's third fear. A woman unaware she had $39 million lottery ticket in her purse for weeks. Natalie, you found this story. What scares you about this one? A couple of years ago I read an article about how Australia, I think, had 12 million unclaimed lottery tickets and what I don't like about it is there's actually a window that closes. So if you have a lottery ticket and you don't claim it within a certain period of time, it closes. No. It's different in the United States. Yeah, so it's different in the United States where, well, they can't just put it on hold for you, Dan. But <laughs> in the United States, they'll hold it for a while. But just so you guys know, in Victoria, I think it is six months. In New South Wales, I think it is uh, six years last I read. So we're slow on closing more than just... <laughs> No, uh, but yeah, our, our COVID vaccines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're slow on a couple of things. We're behind Victoria, but isn't that interesting? So if you're going to lose a lottery ticket, lose it in New South Wales. More importantly, if you're going to buy a, buy a lottery ticket, buy a lottery ticket in New South Wales. Yeah. Well, she was carrying it around with her. I mean, there's you know to be said to, uh, how how people feel about you entering lottery or gambling in the first place. But imagine carrying it around your purse for that long, just mm. carrying that much money around your purse. I reckon I buy like um, maybe like two lotto tickets a year, I reckon, mm-hmm. like just for fun. And yes. um, and the fear of losing the ticket is so <laughs> strong that I um, only buy them online now mm. because then I know that I'll always have like the email telling me that I've won. I would just like the I just know that I'd be the story of like it fell away in the wind. And I, <laughs> like, I'm like no fucking way. I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah, I'd, I'd be the I'd be the six year six years two days guy. Oh, that that is my fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, David, congratulations! But bad news, you're 48 hours <laughs> late <laughs> at the cutoff. But I know a guy in the ministry. Maybe we can figure something out. <laughs> but tomorrow oh. night's numbers are going to be six, four, two. <laughs> You'll have to ask the TikTok guy for the numbers. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He turned out to what be a, a hero. What an incredible and predictable fall from grace. <laughs> For people who don't know what we're talking about, the TikTok guy is a uh, so-called comedian on TikTok who guessed, who quote-unquote guessed the numbers ev- the numbers of the new cases in, in uh, New South Wales every day for about a few weeks until he was caught out and then was one of the leaders of the protest, of the vaccine protest uh, last week um, and he got up on stage at the town hall with a megaphone and proclaimed himself as the people's premier uh, <laughs> and people cheered. Like, he He's really, really lent into this moment. You know what actually um, bummed me out? more, Way more so than TikTok guy who basically I didn't have time to have any feelings for before he was ripped away from me. <laughs> um, but was the loss of Egg Boy. Yes. A sweet, sweet Egg Boy. Peter Lawler on uh, on YouTube just said that. Is Rational Fear going to discuss oh. Egg Boy? Isn't that a sad thing? Honestly, we, we lost an Australian this week. <laughs> we lost the hero. We lost, like, Egg Boy, a man who... Like, uh, well, a man, a boy, an egg boy. He's more eggs than boy. <laughs> but he, uh, I mean, uh, what a what an incredible 
You know, I, I have a photo with Egg Boy up on my Instagram. I loved Egg Boy. Uh, yeah, we, we tried to get him on Irrational Fears so often back in the day. I'm just looking at the comments and Tim has written he was doubting the rapid testing. But I also agree with Tim's comment as well that Egg Boy is a kid and he's allowed to be dumb. I, I think that's I, true. I think that is absolutely true. That's why I was talking about redemption. You know, he's like, you know, 21. I think there's enough time for Egg Boy to kind of right his wrongs. Yeah, and I actually forgive people, especially during lockdown periods, and especially people who come to fame online, so they spend a lot of time online, uh, that they fall into rabbit holes. I think that's very understandable. Did you fall into any rabbit holes when you were growing up online, Natalie? Deep. Deep into <laughs> rabbit holes. That's how I'm, she became the dictator we see before us. <laughs> it's me, Egg Boy, <laughs> and, TikTok and TikTok guy. And we hang out every week. It's great. Three months why I'm so pro... I'm so pro-army, I'm pro-everything, yeah, I'm here for it. I, I, I've fallen into the rabbit hole and, it, and, it, and it is, it's, it's a bit mean, but I do love watching uh, people, deniers of the science, struggling to say epidemiologist. That it just brings me such schadenfreude <laughs> joy, I cannot find a word for it. <laughs> the Germans must have one, I hope they do. What did he post exactly? I know I had a glimpse of his bio that was in a screenshot and it was talking about frequencies that were good for healing. He was like chatting to TikTok guy, Egg Boy and TikTok guy. <laughs> the world we live in. <laughs> it's Egg a- Boy and TikTok guy were hanging out at the protest. Like like hang like oh, going I see. what Yeah, no, Egg Boy's all in. Oh he's he's, um, he's finally cracked. Oh god. I don't, I, I don't like myself for that. <laughs> Irrational fear. Did Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison shit himself in, <laughs> in McDonald's? Kudos to the Australian people for keeping this thing alive about Scott Morrison, who's kind of a pretty creepy guy anyway. In 2019, this went so viral that a street artist put up a commemorative plaque at the McDonald's <laughs> in question. Irrational fear. Yeah, the next big story, obviously, is that Alan Jones has been kicked off his uh, Daily Telegraph column after a long time. Still has this guy news show, of course, but... Uh, we're thrilled that now it's freed up a little bit more time for him to join us on Irrational Fear once again. G'day, Alan. Welcome to Irrational Fear. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. Well, I was wondering what you say about News Court's decision to drop your columns from their papers. Can I just say, this is disgusting. This is exactly why more people trust those insolent yahoos at Irrational Fear than the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, that's been happening for a long time while you were printed by them. I know. It's disgusting that I'm now on Irrational Fear's podcast and I'm not getting paid. <laughs> The editor of the Daily Telegraph said that you're no longer resonating with readers. Well, I can absolutely confirm that they're no longer publishing my column, but I categorically deny that I wasn't resonating with readers. For starters, the Daily Telegraph was printing in such small text. No one can read that properly without a magnifying glass. And we all know that the people who buy the Daily Telegraph can't read. So calling them readers in the first place is like calling the septuagenarians who watch the ABC viewers. We all know they should be called latte dribblers. If the Daily Telegraph just made the text bigger and more colourful, it would resonate. You know, like those other stories they have about the 60 months interest-free on bedding, electrical and furniture from Harvey Norman. (laughs) Go, Harvey! Or like on Sky News. Precisely. You know, I say something, then a child with a journalism degree who couldn't get a job in journalism summarises it and puts it in big font and underneath my carefully curated pocket square. (laughs) Oh, best-dressed man in television. 
Mr Jones, how are you coping with the Sydney lockdown on your palatial country estate? Well, let me tell you, it's extremely stressful for everyone on the farm. Um, it's been at least a week since Joe Bailey came round and gave me a shave and a massage, and Albo is always popping his head into the studio. Wait a minute, the opposition leader is going to your studio at your country home? No, it's, it's the name I've given to one of my geese, Albo. He's always eating all the other animals' food. It's a bit like the ALP. Ha <laughs> ha! Very funny. And uh, which proven fact do you disbelieve more, COVID-19 or climate change? Well, that's a very good question. You know, ever since Valvoline has stopped sponsoring my show, it's safe to say I'm warming to global warming. <laughs> Alan, Ray Hadley said you're encouraging protests like the ones we saw on Saturday. What's your response to that? Well, Ray's right. These are my people and my people are angry because I told them to be angry. They're also uneducated. And if there's going to be a champion of the uneducated, it's me. Ray also said half of what I said is very well researched and a half of it isn't. And that's by design. Two wrongs don't make a right. But if I'm wrong, I'm a big enough man to admit it if ACMA and a panel of Supreme Court judges compel me to. Have you had your AstraZeneca? AZ? No, thank you. It's poison. I, however, am booked in to get my first jab of AC. AC. Anthony Kalia is releasing a new lockdown playlist on Spotify. I've asked my sister to record it on cassette and I'm going to sit down with Albo and listen to it. Both sides, A and B, of AC. Oh, a jab of Anthony Kalia is the best medicine that this country needs right now. Alan, thanks for joining us on Irrational Fear. It's good to be with you. Oh, sorry, guys, I just noticed I think Dan's been on mute this whole time. Dan, I couldn't hear you asking any questions. Oh, that's OK. You guys did a really good job. Well, that is it for Irrational Fear. A big thank you to all of our guests tonight, Natalie Tran, David Schmidt, Lewis Hobber. Do you guys have anything to plug? Natalie, do you want to plug anything? Uh, yeah, I've got a podcast called This American Life. It's a small one, but if you guys check it out, I'd really appreciate that. <laughs> David Schmidt. Not, not a plug, but I would love to give a shout-out to the staff at the Chris O'Brien Lifehouse working on the front lines and helping people uh, through cancer at this incredibly tough time. Uh, you guys are the true heroes. Oh, well, Jesus, let me do mine again. Oh, God, like... <laughs> so, go first, mate, you go, you go... David, you go first if you're going to do that. That's just bloody hell. And so, David, David, you've you had foot, you had cancer four years ago. How does it feel now to be on the Rational Fear podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am fully, I am fully recovered, and uh, thanks to the people I just mentioned. Sorry, should have said it earlier. You, ne- you never know when to walk in with the cancer <laughs> this stuff. So that's the problem. Well, I'm glad you're better. Yeah, I'm 100, 100. Yeah, I did. That, I did a, a festival show about it called Finding Chemo. So just so you know, my view I'll on it. Have to check it out. Is it online anyway? No, no, no. It was just a little kind of. It was mainly for the people who treated me and then they all started bringing their friends and then I found nurses are the best stand-up audiences on the planet because they are the darkest motherfuckers who ever breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, do you want to plug anything? No, I, I'm on a little break from my other work right now and I literally am doing nothing. Like oh, literally that is... nothing. What it's... an absolute delight. <laughs> sure, if that's what you want to call it. Let's call it a delight. I'm losing my mind. 
Oh, yes. No, it is. Uh, it does suck. It does suck indeed. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters who pledged this month. John Hannaford, Georgie Cowan, someone called Irene. Also, a big thanks to our friend Tim D'Souza, who's been on the podcast before. He upped his rate. So thank you so much. It's, it's really great. Uh, please, if you want to support us, head to patreon.com forward slash irrational fear so we can hire an assistant. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Oh, and sorry, um, in case you haven't figured it out, we, we had to cancel our Melbourne shows. That were going to be great. I remember um, like putting those up on Instagram, being like, can't wait to see you, Melbourne. And I'm like, I, 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 don't even I put it up once and then didn't worry about promoting it ever since because I was like, oh, that is not going to. Um, I have very low confidence we'll be allowed out of the state for that. I'm actually so bummed. Aww. I can't wait to get to Comedy Republic. It's such a beautiful place. And uh, I really am excited about doing shows there. So hopefully it happens sometime in the next decade. Thank you very much, Comedy Republic, for having us. We can't wait to go down there. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.